Hi everyone, uh, welcome back um, to another episode. Um, today I kind of wanted to talk about um, a few things really, but I think, I mean, I guess first I kind of wanted to start off and say that I have gotten a few emails from some people that have been listening, um, really validating, um, really helpful, um, and I think even therapeutic would be a good way to say it, and I feel like the people that have reached out to me have kind of, um, you know, said the same thing about listening to the podcast and everything else, that, you know, there's a few people that have reached out to me at different points um, where they are in their you know, relationship or past experiences with, with narcissists. Um, and I just think it's really valuable and important that we're able to discuss these things, um, and not kind of shy away from them. Um, in my opinion, if we don't discuss them and we're not able to, um, find people that can relate and validate your emotions as being legitimate, um, that's how narcissists kind of get away with what they get away with. You know, so um, I think the more people that talk about these things, um, the real, you know, narcissism, not the, uh, you know, the way the world kind of confuses narcissism with, you know, simple, simpler terms like vanity, um, because it goes so much deeper than that. And it's on so many different levels, you know, which, which I'm sure most of you at this point, if you've been listening to the whole thing, know that narcissism can um, impact you on, at, on so many different facets kind of simultaneously. Um, and it's so layered of an abusive system that they create, um, that it can have you so confused. You know, you start to question yourself, you start to lose yourself, um, along the way. Um, and when that light bulb clicks on for you, um, which hopefully it already has, and hopefully this might help some people have that light bulb click on for them. Um, they can get out. And when you get out, what happens next? You know, um, I think, you know, if you're with someone for two months, three months, if you're with them for 10 years, um, there's trauma that's done. Um, and how do you heal from those things? Um, the prolonged trauma, I think is probably, I mean, I guess I should go ahead and give a disclaimer here. I'm definitely not a therapist. This is, this part is my opinion, but I feel like the longer you're with somebody, the worse it can be on the healing side. I know I've been out of the relationship for over two years now, um, going on three, and I am still dealing with an intense amount of triggers. Um, I have reactive episodes um, with just people um, in general. Um, I don't really have a lot of space in my in my life for any kind of BS um, that even can remotely um, resemble anything that I had gone through in the past or trying to change my words to fit their narrative. It's kind of like, I'm, I'm just kind of like, no, 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 don't play that shit. <laughs> I won't do that. Um, and I'm really quick to just cut people off and just, you know, um, <clears throat> I can be. So 
being able to um, find my center and be able to not be so reactive, um, I think is something that I'm battling with personally. Um, I think that there, when you leave a narcissistic relationship, there are some steps you can take. Um, you see a lot of information about narcissism and that you need to get out. Um, and there are some things out there about healing from it too, which is great. I mean, there's always helplines to reach out to, you know, things of that nature. Um, a lot of people don't want to do that, especially when it comes to an abusive, um, disorder like NPD. Um, you tend to, after the abuse has taken place, you tend to internalize a lot of things. So even if you're out of the relationship, um, you can go through a vast, um, you know, array of, of emotional, uh, outbursts, you know, you can feel grief, you can feel guilt, um, you can feel anger, you can feel sadness, depression, um, you know, and it can happen pretty fast. Um, and then you can be fine, you know, for a while. Um, and understanding the intricacies of that, um, I think a lot of the, the guilt is because you were made to feel worthless. Um, typically there's this almost internal struggle to get back who you were. I know with me, um, I personally lost myself, um, and my views were no longer my views. My views were long gone out the window. Um, I didn't really have a identity, um, and reclaiming my identity, um, has been a struggle. Um, it's funny I, when I'm out in public, when I'm around people at work, um, you know, it's a lot of people think I really have it together. Um, and I can, I can have it together and it's getting easier and easier. Um, I was just talking to my partner and, and I had a interaction again with my ex when I have to pick up the kids and everything else. But, um, I did notice that it's getting easier when I have to pick up the kids and drop off the kids, um, having to interact, um, with her. I think a lot of it's because there's orders in place against us discussing things. Um, and it all kind of has to go through an app and she still tries to on occasion talk to me. Um, but, um, I have put boundaries up and now there's legal boundaries up. And I think that's really kind of put a muzzle on the situation, um, from her being able to just outright you know, create chaos whenever she feels like it. Now, the only way to contact me is through an app that is monitored by the courts and cannot be deleted once it's posted. Um, and it can be monitored by anybody um, that has access to it through the court system, um, which I think has really helped in some ways. But when you're dealing with narcissism, they still have, you know, very covert ways to try to attack you. But um, anyway, 
I digress. So, you know, I, I think when I left my relationship with my narcissist, um, there was that immediate feeling of just freedom. There was just this sense of long overdue, holy shit, I can't believe I did it. I did it. I did it. And it was just almost overwhelmingly positive. Um, I was just glowing, you know, <laughs> just, oh, I can't believe it. Um, I mean, I, I think I've said it before, but even sleeping on a couch, like I didn't care if I was sleeping in an alley, like I really didn't care in my car, wherever, like I'm, I felt like I just won the lottery. Um, and then afterwards, um, that feeling subsided to a degree and I started to kind of get back to regular, <laughs> regular life, civilian life where people can actually, you know, just be themselves. Um, but I still battled with, um, the way I looked, um, whatever, you know, most of it's minor, um, just like little things or the way I act, the way I react, the way I do things. Um, there's a lot of paranoia involved with, you know, PTSD from, from, a abuser, um, because you start to get paranoid that people don't really view you the way you think they view you. Um, <clears throat> and is your confidence that you have in yourself just a falsehood because these people don't really believe that you are this person because of all the things that your narcissist has said throughout the years of trying to, um, convince you that everybody's out to get you type thing. So there's, there's a lot of paranoia that can start to creep in. Um, there's a lot of, I mean, there's, I, they, they steal your identity. They steal who you are and you have to kind of reclaim that. And I think a portion of that is just talking to people. Um, you know, I, I have the luxury to work with quite a few different types of people, quite a different a lot of people. I deal with public. I deal with a lot of things. Um, now I'm in a new position and I am kind of isolated on my own island, but I do still get to see my um, employees and stuff. I'm still with the same company. So um, I do have the ability to still reach out and see them and speak to them and everything else. And um, a lot of people that I talk to, it's like night and day. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. I ended up moving out of my house, um, sleeping on a couch. But then, you know, a couple months later, I think that I was just so excited about, you know, a new life. It was almost like I, I had my, my freedom back. Um, I think that that really translated in the work that I did at work. Um, <clears throat> I had a nervous breakdown at one point shortly after I moved out, um, because of work and because of everything that was going on, because I was still kind of going through the abusive cycles I was still living there. I was, I mean, I was not living there, but I was still going there like every day. I was still feeling an intense amount of pressure financially, um, you know, because I was still not setting boundaries. You know, I set the boundary that I'm not going to live there and I'm not going to sleep there. Um, but that was it. You know, uh, I mean, there was a lot of things I could have done differently. Um, and I think it's really important to take steps to, um, set those boundaries, um, more clearly. Um, I think throughout the relationship, I also set boundaries. There were times where I said, you know, if you throw things at me again, if you hit me again, like I'm not sticking around or I'm where I would, you know, I'm calling the cops and I will 
press charges next time and then she would do it again and then when I wouldn't press charges because I would get terrified last second when the cop says do you want to press charges are you sure you want to do that you know it's your wife um, you know and almost like the cops would talk me out of it and I think that's super screwed up but you know maybe it's because they don't want to do the paperwork maybe it's because they don't want to arrest her I, I, I mean I don't know I but um, I had many boundaries that I would attempt to set throughout the course of the relationship and they were just consistently um, disregarded and walked all over anyway. And so the stage was set for her to continue that um, type of, of abuse towards me as just kind of crossing my boundaries whenever she wanted. I would, I would say things and I meant them when I would say them, but then I would still allow it to happen. So when I moved out, I did set boundaries to a degree. And then I had to consistently take back my boundaries one thing at a time. Um, I had to take back my time with my kids. I had to set boundaries that I would not be staying the night there anymore. So if she wanted to stay the night somewhere, she can go stay the night at whoever's house she wants to stay the night at. She can have people come over and stay the night at the house. I don't care, but I'm not going to be the babysitter. I'm not her babysitter. And I'm going to bring the kids back to my house. And that was met with so much um, hostility. But... I surrounded myself with people I could trust. I surrounded myself with people that empowered me. Um, <clears throat> so when all the gaslighting and the verbal abuse would start about, you can't do that, you can't do this, you don't have the right, and trying to threaten me with court, trying to threaten me with um, you know, calling the cops if I do these things, um, they were empty threats. And I surrounded myself with people that knew the law and knew these kind of things um, and I confided in them and I confided in people that would be able to support me the way I needed to be able to be supported um, and that were empathic um, and willing to be there for me. Um, they didn't make me feel like a burden. They let me feel like I was there and that they weren't going to leave me. And I mean, maybe you're listening to this and you're somebody who is a supportive role to someone who has been through a narcissistic abuse cycle. Um, and for people like that, your job is so vital to those that you love that have been through this, um, to listen, to hear them. Um, and really above all to just, sometimes it's not about giving advice and it's just about listening. And it's just about letting them know, no matter what, no matter what happens, you're there for them and you're not going anywhere. I know my partner um, and I have gone through a lot together um, already in a short amount of time. I mean, we've only been together for just going on two years now. Um, and she's kind of been there for all kinds of emotional outbursts for me. Um, and, you know, there have been some days where I, I mean, it's hard to trust. And I've discussed this with her, but it's hard to trust, um, when you get out of a relationship. And it's funny because I didn't think I had an issue with trust. I thought, 
I got to a point being with a narcissist that I felt like I had to omit truths from her because I didn't trust that she would be able to handle it like about my work like if I had to go out of town um, different things like that um, I I didn't I didn't feel I was scared I, even if I had to go out of town for work and it was like hey I uh, I'm gonna have to go to Syracuse for a couple days then it was like I knew that the next thing was going to be just constant beratement of me, of my job. Um, I'm a loser. Like, my job is, like, you know, it's so stupid. Like, why why do you even keep this job? Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, I was never able to live up to whatever their standard was, which also just kind of repeatedly beat me down to make me feel inadequate um, and invaluable. Um when in reality, like, my job was the only thing supporting the family. Um, but I was scared to even tell her when I was going to be late coming home from work. Um, like, if I was stuck with a customer um, or something was going on and I had to stay late, I was afraid to even reach out. Even if it was five minutes late, I was afraid. So I would just kind of, like, try to rush through and get things done or... Um, I'd have to take, you know, I would just get fielded with your, you know, accusations of you're not being honest with me. I don't think that that's what's really going on. You're not really with a customer, um, to the point where I would take pictures of my screen at work that had the time and date on it, um, to prove to her that I was there. And then of course it would be, a, you're not really, you know, you don't have to do that. Like, why are you doing that? You're so weird. You're so stupid. Like, you're so dumb. Like, I didn't ask for that. Nobody's nobody's saying you're not really doing that. It's like, you literally just said that, you know? So it's just this, this back and forth of like, nothing's ever good enough. So um, you start to have trust issues and fears when you get into another relationship um, or even friendships of divulging too much to them. Um, so when I started this relationship with the person I'm with now, I really wanted to make sure that I was open and honest with them. Um, and I felt like that would even give me a good gauge of any red flags um, that there might be, you know. Um, if I was to say, hey, I'm going to go out with a friend tonight, and if it was kind of standoffish or weird or anything like that, then I would know, like, you know, that might not be a great sign. Um because that was an issue, you know, before in my relationship, I couldn't go out with friends. I couldn't do anything. I lost myself and my own identity in the process. So I was really worried um, about a lot of things. And I've only been met with um, understanding and love and compassion. Um, and now the longer we've been together, there have been moments where that it's getting to a point. Um, sometimes it gets hard. Sometimes it gets hard because this process is taking a really long time. Um, I am in a situation where I have been with my partner for a while, and I think COVID has kind of sped up the, the relationship um, because I work from home. I'm here with her. Um, and we get along really well. Um, and she also has children. She has two kids. One's older, um, 
and one's younger. Um, so one's able to kind of, you know, do his own thing and he's, he's old enough to, you know, be an adult basically. The other one is, is, uh, seven. So, um, I pretty much, you know, have immersed myself in a life with them. And now I have my life with my children as well. Um, and I've been fighting diligently to get my children back, but now that I have them back, there has been some struggles there. Um, I guess this isn't exactly what I intended for this conversation to be about. So, um, I'm just going to kind of roll with it. You know, <laughs> it's like talking to a friend. I think this is my own little therapy session, you know, but, uh, and hopefully it's therapy for other people, but, um, yeah, so, so there's been some battles emotionally that, that we have been working through and trying hard to keep our guard down and not up. And we are really good at recognizing when the other person's guard is up. Sometimes it doesn't really help. Sometimes we still fight about it because we're going through a lot of intense things um, with this with this person who's casting blame on my partner, um, saying that she's threatening her, saying that she's you know threatening her business and that she's afraid for her safety and calling her my fake family and all this stuff when realistically, like I have her in my life. And, and at this point I consider her family. So, um, as I'm, <clears throat> as I'm doing this podcast, I kind of had to pause for a moment because I just got, um, blown up with, with, uh, text messages from my, my ex's mother. Um, so I'm going to ignore that for now. I thought I had her blocked, but I guess I, uh, at some point unblocked her for some reason. Um, but it looks like I'm going to have to probably block her again. So that's fun. Um, anyway, um, that's kind of the, the day to day, you know, <laughs> that's a big thing. For anyone that's dealing with a narcissist and they're still having struggles, you know, um, block them. Don't talk to them. No contact is really the only way to really gain yourself, um, your self-confidence back and find your true self again. Um, wondering what they're doing, creeping on their social media, um, any, anything of that nature is, is, uh, no fly zone. Um, it's not good for your mental health. It's pointless. There's no reason. There's no reason. Um, but so real quick, I wanted to jump back to this topic here. Um, don't, uh, so I, I, yeah, I've been, I've been, you know, we've had a few arguments, but then the difference between arguing with a narcissist and arguing with a normal, you know, individual who has the ability to have actual human emotions is, is so different. Um, you, you know, you fight because you love the person so much you argue, um, when you're frustrated, but it's because you love them and you care about them and you want the best for them. And, um, a lot of our fights do 
involve my ex. Um, I've immersed myself in her world. Her mother, her, her daughter told me a, a couple weeks ago that, you know, she would be happy. She would be fine. Um, she wants me to be her stepfather, you know, which is, which is a lot. Um, and it was, it felt really good. Um, she's a tough cookie to crack that her, her daughter and, um, her daughter really does love me a lot. Um, and I haven't been able to introduce my kids to my partner because of my ex. Um, and because it's going through the court process and everything else. And I know that there's resentment building there, um, from my partner, um, just because she does care about me so much. And it's almost because, well, it's, it's because of my ex. Um, and she resents it and she doesn't, you know, sometimes understand it. And I know she tries. Um, it's just really hard to be supportive of somebody like me. Um, when you're, you feel like you're allowing them into your world, but yet you're not allowed in theirs based on a false narrative. Um, and she knows that I know this and I am working towards, I mean, I'm working towards a time when I can have that, you know, family dynamic with my children, being able to be with her children and everything else, but it's got to get through courts first, which it could happen a lot sooner than we think. Um, and it's, it's not going to be that far out. Um, there's a lot of changes happening. Um, but sometimes it's hard to see those changes when it takes so long. Um, and I'm afraid that there could be resentment towards my children um, because of my ex when it comes to my partner finally getting a chance to be around my children. Um, I am a little nervous about that. Um, I know it's been really tough on her, um, but I don't think it's an unhealthy thing at this point. I think that we're very good at being supportive with each other. And I know she has done her due diligence on reading up on NPD. Um, she's had a narcissist in her life as well in the past. And so we both kind of have our own amounts of triggers. Um, <clears throat> actually the word trigger is a trigger <laughs> for her. Um, so I try to be aware of that and, and word things differently. <clears throat> because I love her and because I care about her and we need to be able to respect each other's boundaries. And, um, we do respect each other's boundaries. Um, and being with somebody like me who's been abused is not an easy task. So if you're listening and you are trying to figure out how best to support the person you care about, um, doing as much research as you can, obviously, on, on narcissistic personality disorder, um, PTSD. Um, and there's never enough <clears throat> time to let them know. There's there's never a bad time to let them know that you, you appreciate them and that you care about them um, and that you're there for them. Um, another thing that I actually did some research on that I really checked a lot of boxes for me is, is, you know, just the vulnerability side of it and the, um, the, there's a, there's a, a strong sense of like loneliness and it can happen pretty quick a lot of times. So even when you're completely happy, um, you can feel 
um, you can feel alone in a relationship with someone. Um, you need constant um, reassurance of that relationship um, when you've been in an abusive situation. Um, and that's sometimes easy to forget, especially with someone like myself who can, I can really put on a strong face um, for work or for when people are around, even at the home when her kids are around, um, I get stuff done. I'm, I'm very active. Even if I'm dying on the inside, I can still be very positive. Um, and so sometimes um, I don't really feel that reassurance. Um, I, I think that I do probably come across as kind of, you know, in my head, and this might be my, again, my own paranoia, because that's part of it, is that I come across as needy, maybe. Um, my partner's never said that to me. I think that she's too um, kind to say that. But um, yeah, you're going to be a little bit needy. You need a lot, because you need a lot of work still. Um, you know, and, and the funny thing was I started healing or felt like I was starting to kind of regain myself before I left the relationship. So before I was even out of the relationship, I felt like I was kind of already gearing up towards leaving the relationship for months. I was sleeping on the couch. Like we, you know, as far as like any kind of physical connection with my ex was, was gone. So, but in other ways, obviously doing therapy, um, going to a therapist, anything like that is, is going to be helpful. Um, big thing is just having some kind of support system and, you know, self-care, um, taking time for yourself. Um, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling stressed, pause, take time, meditate, yoga, exercise, um, whatever way helps you heal the best, um, you need to be able to take that time to do so. Um, after I get off this call, um, call this podcast, I'm going to exercise. <laughs> um, it's really hard for me to, I think, continue to do these podcasts, but I also know once I do, I always feel better. Um, it's a lot to kind of divulge to people, um, and to be open about it, but, um, yeah, I mean, healing from a narcissist is, is complex and you, you know, I mean, another part of it is we do have the ability to love, um, and just because you love someone doesn't mean that they are good for you. They can be extremely toxic. Um, and I think recognizing that you need to set your own boundaries and your own guidelines, regardless of the love you might feel for someone, is a very healthy thing to do. Um, <clears throat> and over time, it gets easier but over time, you also need to continue to remind yourself of the hell they put you through instead of reminding yourself of the love you once shared. Because the love you once shared was a figment of your imagination. It was a 
by design, manipulation, because realistically, when it comes down to it, narcissists have emotion, but they don't have your standard, normal human emotions. Um, they can emulate, they can um, act like they have them, but when it really comes down to it, they don't. And if you hyper-focus on the good times, um, it's very likely that you could find yourself back there. So it's very important for your own health and your own sanity um, to reach out to people you love, stay strong, stay busy, um, keep your mind busy. Um, if you're feeling overwhelmed or too, too stressed, don't, don't beat yourself up over relaxing. Don't feel guilty. Um, you know, I mean, I think for me being with a narcissist, I also was constantly doing stuff because I was constantly trying to avoid a fight. And if I was constantly cleaning and cooking and, you know, <clears throat> working and doing running errands, doing all these things, A, it kept her off my back because she demanded so much from me. Um, but B, that, that it was never good enough anyway. It didn't matter. It was catch-22. It didn't matter if I did a million things in a day or zero things in a day. You know, something was going to get missed. So, but, I mean, I just kind of did that, I think, to, to, to cope to just stay busy. Um, but I still wasn't doing any self-care. I wasn't working out. I wasn't exercising. I wasn't eating healthy. Um, I would drink a couple beers to make me pass out. Um, <clears throat> then I would get yelled at for falling asleep too quick, you know, and I, I didn't really give a shit at that point. Um, but it's really hard to not fall into a bad cycle of substance abuse. Um, I, you know, there's, there's, People that have gotten so bad on depression after being either um, disposed of by their narcissist or leaving their narcissist that they have really gone down bad paths um, into suicide or um, addiction. Um, and I think that it's, it's a really serious um, topic, but I think that it's something that... Um, it's important to, to hear each other and listen to each other and tell each other's stories and find familiarity between one another because I, you know, it's not a unique trait. These people aren't mastermind geniuses. They're, they're abusers and they're the symptoms of their disorder are clear as day. Once it's all kind of laid out for you. Um, and to leave that, you have to leave it. You have to completely block them on all social media platforms. Um, any way to contact them, or go no, go little contact if you have children. That's that's it. Um, and start to heal yourself. Start to do things for you. Start to find your true self again, your true identity, um, who you want to be. Um, and all that stuff takes. It takes time. There's no quick method. I actually saw something on Facebook the other day about, you know, men's retreat type thing and healing from abusive women, which I thought was cool. And then, you know, um, the guy was talking about how, you know, these guys are healed in two weeks. These guys are healed, completely healed, completely healed. Um, yeah, I was completely healed in two weeks, so I thought. Um and I was to a degree, but you're still riding that high, you know, and there's going to be lows. It's, there's no 
instant cure for this, and that's totally okay. Everyone heals at their own process, uh, their own speed, their own pace. But, you know, if you don't fully heal, the little things start to creep back in, like the little fights, the little things that, you know, somebody could say something to you that kind of reminds you of the way your narcissist used to speak to you, and they're undeserving of the reaction that you're about to give them. Then you react, and you lash out, and it's never good. And that kind of stuff can happen if you don't really start to digest, you know, what's going on and what happened and just accepting it. Accept that you were a victim of an abuse and not denying it. So I think in retrospect, um, you know, some advice that I would give to people um, are acknowledging, you know, for one, acknowledge that you were um, in an abusive situation, um, no matter who it is, um, parent, uh, relation, romantic relationship, you know, uh, a friendship, um, a work partner, um, acknowledging that that did occur and not denying it, um, setting boundaries for yourself and stating them directly and clearly and sticking to them. Um, that goes a really long way and it's really difficult for people that have been abused as long as we have really to, um, feel confident enough and comfortable enough to, to do so, but it is, um, groundbreaking when you're able to get to that point. Um, I think another part is to just be prepared for, um, emotional outbursts, you know, uh, different, different highs and lows. Um, you know, anything from paranoia, like I said, or fear, um, anxiety, I mean, depression, um, guilt, shame. Um, you know, these are all things that, um, are kind of the trauma from toxic relationships that are left over that they, they use you up and abuse you and leave you with these, feelings. Um, I mean, there's also anger, you know, like quick to, quick to be angry, uh, shock, you know, grief, loss, grief and loss. I mean, is, 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 I know I already said grief before, but, um, it's, uh, it can be overwhelming, but I think that, um, preparing for that and recognizing what it is can kind of take you out of that mindset. So if you're feeling down, it's like, okay, this isn't really me. This is the PTSD talking, you know, this is not, you know, this, this shame I'm feeling is a lie. Um, this anger I'm feeling is a lie, um, placed on me, um, unwillingly that it's something I did not consent to. I did not want this. Um, but that's where I am and recognizing that that's what it is, I think will help. Um, and that's kind of what I've been working on a lot is recognizing the emotions that I have, especially when I get too high or too low, um, reclaiming your identity, um, you know, getting yourself back. Like if, if you're 
you know, I know for me, my ex used to tell me that I was, you know, white trash, that I was a, you know, backwoods, hillbilly, whatever it is, because of, I grew up in a small town in the Southwest. Um, and, you know, it, calling me stupid, calling me um, disgusting. Disgusting was one of her favorite terms um, as well for me, um, you know, um, ignorant, um, all these things that you know you're not and you would fight with them over it and kind of try to establish that, like, that's not what I was doing. That's, you know, constant defense, defense, defense. But then when you're, you leave them, these lingering thoughts are still there. Um, and, you know, realizing that it's okay to be, you know, who you want to be, um, and who you, you strive to be, um, and exploring yourself and rediscovering, um, and rebuilding your, your life, um, your passions, um, and the things that you care about that, that kind of ground you, um, you know, another one is like practice patience with yourself and be compassionate towards yourself. Um, you know, kind of, it's going to be a constant growing of, of recognizing, not denying the feelings that you're having and being patient with your process and being patient with what you're feeling and recognizing it for what it is and that it's a lie and that the abuse and the emotions that you're feeling are lies that were told to you, you know, and that a lot of these behaviors were not your fault. A lot of these feelings, um, that you're feeling about yourself are not your fault. Um, and you know, with sometimes, sometimes, you know, the emotions from that relationship that you had in the past can linger, which is why I kept going back, kept going back, kept going back. Um, there was a little bit of lingering emotion, um, hoping that maybe that love bombing phase and, you know, all that other stuff that the positives, because I was focusing on the positives because the support I was receiving was from, you know, her supporters. So they were trying to convince me that, well, you loved, you loved her once, you know, and, and so then I would find myself going right back to it. It's okay to have lingering emotions about the person. It's okay to like still feel love for that person. Um, but being able to separate yourself and know that, you know, they're toxic and they're not good for you. Um, and the longer you go, like, I mean, at this point in my life, there's, there's no love loss for me. Like I, 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 I can definitely say at this point after going back and forth for years, um, and I've done enough documenting of the negatives that there's not really, um, many pockets of myself that still views um, her in a positive way, but it's not like that. And it wasn't like that for a very long time. Um, I kept convincing myself otherwise. So knowing that those feelings can linger and just remembering why you left, remembering why you had to get out, um, or if they leave you, you know, remembering the negatives and knowing who you are and knowing who they are and and having compassion for yourself and understanding that that it's okay and that through time will change 
Um, and a big one is just taking time for yourself, you know, just do what you need to feel emotionally stronger, physically stronger. Um, and, you know, talking to others, talking to others that do understand, um, you might not have a lot of them, but talk to those that do understand, um, and reach out to them and try to reach out to them for support. Um, if you really don't have anybody that you feel comfortable talking to, um, you know, meeting, trying to see if there's any, you know, abuse support groups, um, you know, even listening to podcasts or, um, YouTube videos that you can relate to, um, other people telling their stories, um, reach out to one of them, you know, reach out to me, reach out to a different podcast, reach out to, to somebody to, to find some kind of support, um, or get professional support, you know, going to a therapist, um, and maybe having them direct you towards different materials that can help you with building, you know, tools and skills to, to cope with your situation. Um, or, you know, fighting those, um, urges to, to reach out to the person that was abusing you. Um, and just dealing with the general depression, anxiety, um, you know, fear, all, all the things that I mentioned before, um, you know, having coping tools to, to kind of handle that and kind of steer you in the right direction. Um, but you need that support. So that's kind of the best advice that I have. Um, that's kind of what I've been, you know, my story on what I've kind of been working on and practicing and, and it's, and it's still something I'm trying to, trying to stay high on. Um, I'm still not there. I don't know when I'll fully be not as reactive at times or feeling alone or feeling like I need more, um, reassurance. Um, I mean, it might just kind of be who I am at this point, um, after suffering what I suffered. Um, and it might start to slowly fade. Um, but I think recognizing it and accepting it and not, um, not denying it is, is, um, essential to actually getting to a point of healing. So, um, and also if you're listening and you are, um, someone who is supporting someone who has been through a narcissistic, a narcissist, uh, relationship, narcissistic relationship, sorry. Um, hopefully this is kind of helping, um, you understand what goes on in the mind of someone dealing with this type of trauma, um, and can help better equip you to know, um, how to move forward and, and provide the best support you can. Um, studying, listening, researching, um, you know, just reassuring them that you're there for them, reassuring them that you love them and that um, they don't have to feel guilt and they don't have to feel shame and that they can trust you um, to, to share that burden and that that doesn't scare you away. Their shadows aren't going to scare you away. Um, we all have them, you know? So I appreciate everyone. 
uh, for listening. Thank you very much for your support and your messages. Um, and if you're just listening, that's amazing. Um, I hope it serves the purpose of, uh, um, helping guide you on your journey. Um, thank you everyone. Have a good day.